0: We're in this series. We've been in it uh, since the beginning of September. and I pray and hope that you've enjoyed this series as much as I have because what it's been all about is actually taking things that people believe are in the Bible and actually looking at them and discovering, well, God never really actually said that. Uh, A couple things that people say uh, that really are not in the Bible, one of the things is this, forgive and forget. Now, it's a great principle. There are godly principles around that. But the reality is that we may forgive somebody, but the truth is we don't forget all that easily. And so as we come to Christ and we begin to forgive people and some time passes, we may actually have that slip a little bit more out of our memory. But while it sounds good, that's just not something that God said. It's a great principle. It's surrounded with godly principles, but it's not something that God said. Here's another thing a lot of people say that God never said is that money is the root of all evil and what the Bible actually says is the love of money is the root of all evil in other words if your heart begins to go after the things of the world after money and things of that nature then that's a bad thing for your life but money in itself actually is a good resource imagine trying to pay your bills with no money that's a bad thing right and so money is a good resource so the truth of the matter is God never said that and today The direction that we're going to go in is this, and Pastor Jeremy touched on this some weeks back whenever he preached, uh, is this, only God can judge me. A lot of people say, well, you know, the Bible says that God is my only judge, that only he can judge me, and here is where we're going to go today. Is that true? Or whenever we look in scripture, does it mean in scripture that he's the only one who can judge us, nobody else can judge me at any time for anything? Well, let's do this today, let's go back into one of Jesus' most famous teachings, one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, and let's look at this together. If you have your Bible, you have your smartphone with your Bible app, take it out, go to the book of Matthew chapter 7, and let's look at this together. If you don't have your Bible uh, or your smartphone with your Bible app, no worries, just follow along with us on the big screen, and you may have noticed that one of our screens is missing today. Uh, we actually had some issues there was a power surge and we have been having issues all morning long actually air conditioners being out lights giving us trouble uh screen out all kinds of issues but our tech team and surf team have done an amazing job of making things happen today so can we give them a great big hand clap today they did a great job And I'm just going to say this. You can plan and prepare as much as you want for a service, but sometimes stuff just happens. And the good part is, even though there's technology and lighting and screen and all that kind of stuff, and those things may go out, we can always have church because the presence of God is here. Amen? All right, here we go. Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Here's where most people get their ideas from. It says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured out to you. Now, most people read that particular passage of Scripture and they say, you know what, Uh, I don't think that we're supposed to walk in any type of judgment and nobody can ever judge me except for God. And let me ask you this, because based off of this teaching, this sermon, uh, the truth of the matter is a lot of people within the body of Christ, within the church, have been hurt because of judgment some people have been judged accurately or inaccurately but what has happened is through that they actually got hurt they were wounded let me ask you this a little little pop quiz for you real quick how many of you in this room have ever been hurt by somebody judging you raise your hand way up out way up out let me see it okay now put your hands down how many of you and this is where it gets real how many of you in this room have ever judged somebody else raise your hand okay Probably most of us because we are human beings, right? And so here's what we look at this passage of scripture and see where he starts off with the very phrase, do not judge. And my question today for that is this, do you think that God means that we should never judge anybody at any time for anything? Is that what he meant by that particular passage of scripture? because if that's the case here's what happens what if you have an employer who has an employee who steps out of line is that employer not supposed to judge their employee for bad actions or how about this if nobody's to judge me but God well that means that nobody would ever go to jail for a crime because nobody can judge me but God how about this how about if we're not supposed to judge does that mean that we can't correct our kids when they step out of line and do things that they need to be corrected for because judgment is correction its accountability and so if we take that to mean that we're not supposed to judge anyone for anything at any time then it causes a lot of problems in life and so here's the thing would you be willing to allow somebody to judge you if it was helpful for your life and it made you a better person And it actually helped you would you be willing to let somebody judge you in that instance well i think that probably all of us would say yes to that let me give you for example of that uh some years back i actually i don't think it's a surprise to anybody in this church that that i like food okay i like to eat uh in fact they saw me out there robbing the candy out of the little candy thing and they were like oh there he goes he's eating the candy you know just because I like to eat. We talk about it all the time from the pulpit. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about honey buns. As a result, somebody brought me honey buns this morning to church, okay? Uh, last week, you guys probably remember, we talked about mac and cheese. We talked about a lot of different things just because I like food. Anybody else like food? Okay. Well, here's the problem when you like food in South Louisiana and you eat a whole lot, a lot of times it can lead to health problems within your life. Accurate? Okay. Well, here's the deal. A couple years back, I actually was getting to the place where I was very unhealthy, had put on quite a few extra pounds. And so as a result, I decided to go find somebody who could help me, somebody who could hold me accountable and joined uh, Central City CrossFit and got in that gym. You guys know I've talked about it quite a bit because we changed a lot regarding our lifestyle. And you probably or may have saw this on Facebook this past week They actually asked me for some pictures to be able to share on social media, to to share the story of the poundage loss, the lifestyle change, and all that kind of stuff. And actually, y'all got that picture you pop it. That is the picture they put on social media this past week. Uh, That's Big J on the left, and not quite as Big J on the right. The guy on the left actually looks like he ate the guy on the right, okay? Big old fella. Uh, My wife, when they asked for pictures, I sent them some pictures, and Stacy said... Oh no no no! I've got I've got a picture of where you look a whole lot fatter than that, and I was like, Oh, appreciate that, okay. But here's the thing: when I started two and a half years ago, went to the gym, and the very first thing that they made me do, they evaluated me. They made me get on a scale and they weighed me. Now, I'm going to tell you something: getting on a scale in front of other people is not a pleasant experience. Some of y'all, you know what I'm talking about? It's one of those things like you go to the doctor's office and there's people all around. They're like, okay, get on this scale. We need to weigh you. And what do you do? You take everything in your pockets out. Your wallet, your keys, you're taking off your belt. If you're a lady, you're taking barrettes out of your hair. You're taking your shoes off because it's never pleasant. And the first thing they do, they weighed me. And then they began to talk to me about lifestyle changes and they talk to me about uh, lifting and all these different things and here's the question that I have for you whenever I went to the gym and I had these coaches speaking into my life do you think that they judged me absolutely they judged me you know why they judged me because I needed it I needed the help and it actually you can see by that picture two and a half years later I am so glad that I actually allowed them to judge me in a healthy way. In other words, they held me accountable in a healthy way. And so when we look at verses like this, do not judge, and then we see what Jesus had to say about that, does it mean that we're never supposed to judge anyone for anything at any time? Or does it mean that possibly Jesus has a little bit different meaning behind this particular verse? Because... If you go a little bit further in scripture, John chapter 7 verse 24, he makes a statement regarding judgment that is very interesting. He says this. First of all, he starts off with five words and he kind of punches us right between the eyes. He says, stop judging by mere appearances. In other words, as the church, as the body of Christ, quit looking at people and making a snap judgment by what you see on the outside. You have no idea what's on the inside of that person or perhaps what they're walking through. So stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge what? Correctly. Now, if he says that we are to judge correctly, that means that there's two ways that you can judge. You can judge correctly or you can judge incorrectly. And perhaps that is exactly what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 7. Because when I am judging a person incorrectly, here's what it looks like. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no love from Christ in my life operating in that moment. In fact, I'll be honest with you, probably one of the places that I judge the most incorrectly is whenever I'm driving in traffic. Anybody else? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it seems like whenever I drive, that the people who don't know how to drive choose that time to come out on the roads. They pull out in front of you and they, you know, drive like 10 miles an hour or cut you off and all these things. And if you're anything like me, I don't like that, and so I grumble and complain about it. Now I'm making statements like, you know, where'd you learn to drive and stuff like that. And guess what? In that moment when I'm judging incorrectly, there's no peace in my life. There's no joy in my life. The love of God is not operating in that situation. And so that is an incorrect thing for our life. You need to understand, all of us within the body of Christ, that the love of Jesus is something that is to be ever-present within us. His joy and his peace should be something that's a part of our lives all the time. And so Jesus, whenever he was talking about uh, judging incorrectly or correctly... He wanted us to understand that there is an incorrect way to judge. And whenever I do that, I step outside of the bounds of what he has for my life. He tells us this, uh, don't judge by mere appearances. And here's the thing that I come down to. I believe this, that what Jesus in essence is trying to help us to understand is there are some situations that we see that we may have an opinion that maybe we want to say something. And Jesus in essence is saying, hey, listen, you just need to mind your business in that situation because I don't know about you but I think all of us probably have an opinion about something but 99.9% of the time a lot of times our opinion really doesn't matter in a situation so why don't we just keep our opinion to ourselves? because most of the time when we don't keep our opinion to ourselves and it's in re- irrelevant in whatever situation we wind up getting ourselves in a in a bind we wind up hurting people in that moment And so Jesus goes so far in Matthew chapter 7 to talk to us about incorrect judgment. He even gives us an illustration. Look with me back at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to go a little bit further in this. He says, do not judge or you will be judged. Now, let me tell you this. In regards to Matthew chapter 7, most people, whenever they look at this passage of scripture, all they see is this. You guys have that graphic. There we go. That's usually what they see. Whenever they look at this particular passage of scripture, they say, well, well, you're not supposed to judge and that's all there is to it. Well, let's unpack this entire passage of scripture. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured out to you. Then he gives the illustration. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye look at this now this is strong language you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye Now, here's what i want to help you understand jesus is not saying that we can't have an opinion about something I think what he's kind of stressing there is he's telling us not to participate. And I, I learned this new word this, this last week, and I pronounce it wrong all the time. The word is censoriousness. You ever heard that word before? Censoriousness. And I went to all the staff, and I asked them, the guys, said, hey, have y'all ever heard this word? Went to every staff member, they were like, no, I never heard of that word before. I asked our life group the other night, hey, have you ever heard the word censoriousness? And they were like, no, never heard that word before. So I'm like, learn something new today. Here's what that word means. It's someone who overlooks their own shortcomings while finding fault in everyone else. Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, is saying, hey, listen, quit overlooking the faults in your life and picking everybody else apart and being critical of everybody around you. He deals with it in a very harsh way because he uses the word hypocrite. Now, I don't don't know what you think, but whenever I see the word hypocrite used in regards to the church, that is strong language for us as believers. He's saying, don't be a hypocrite. Quit looking at everybody else and picking them apart by ignoring all the things that are going on within your life. And if you want to know my honest opinion, I think that he is trying to direct any type of judgmental attitude within our life, back to us to have an attitude of self-examination. In other words, it would look like this. God, I see something within this person's life, and I don't like that. But God, show me the things in my life that you don't like. Show me the things in my life that you want to change inside of me to be more like you every day. So there's two types of judgment. There's incorrect judgment. There's correct judgment incorrect judgment is someone who is fault finding they're negative they're critical they're harsh and they're not life-giving in any way guess what incorrect judgment always takes out the love of jesus it takes out joy it takes out peace of every equation and honestly most people whenever it comes to somebody who is constantly walking in incorrect judgment a lot of times people don't like being around that because it is a critical spirited type of person actually to be honest with you can be very mean-spirited as well and a lot of people have been hurt in situations like that Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 14 when he deals with this and I love this passage of scripture in the message translation he says this he says welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do now I'm going to tell you something in this room There's probably a lot of different opinions on things. Would you agree with that? We probably would agree on some things, but there's probably some things we're not going to agree on because there's a lot of opinions in this room. And Paul is telling us, hey, some things just don't matter. Welcome your fellow believers. He's talking about Christians here. Welcome them with open arms. And He says this, don't jump all over them every time they do or say something that you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with, so treat them, what's the word? Gently. Now, let me say this to you, and I'm probably going to step on some toes here. In the body of Christ, we have a bad habit that when somebody comes to Christ, we expect their life to be just like that, perfect. And guess what? I don't know about you, but my life was not that way whenever I came to Christ. There were still some things that I wrestled with, there were still some things that changed, needed to change within my life, and it took time. And guess what? Been walking with the Lord 29 years, and there's still some things that He's working on within my life today until the day that I step off of this earth. And so here's what it comes down to. Instead of beating people up with the word of God and being critical and fault-finding of people why don't we focus on discipleship coming alongside of people as believers and say you know what maybe in this area you messed up but it's okay I'm going to pray with you I'm going to encourage you I'm going to walk alongside of you through this battle I'm going to help you through this no matter what life brings your way we have a bad habit in the body of Christ of destroying people when they mess up Instead of picking them up, helping the Holy Spirit work within their life and clean them up and continue on in their journey with Christ. And so that's something that Jesus is addressing here and so is Paul as well. You see, correct judgment is when I'm speaking into somebody's life in a way that is accepted. It's life-giving. It's in the love of God. And, And here's the question that I would have for all of you today. Who is it in your life that is judging you in the correct way? Let me ask it this way, who is it in your life that is holding you accountable in the right way? Because judgment that is in the correct way is nothing more than holding somebody accountable that you are in relationship with. Correct judgment in our lives is good because it helps us to grow. It helps us to be better just like me going to the gym and getting healthy because I had people judging me in the correct way. In the body of Christ, the correct judgment, when we grow in relationship together, it helps all of us grow in the things of God and be better. You see, you need to understand that correct judgment at work within our life, it's going to cost us a few things. If it's going to make us better, it's going to cost us. The first thing it's going to cost us, it's going to cost us commitment. Commitment. you got to be willing to commit to growing in relationship. Now let me ask you this, who is it whenever you want to celebrate something, who is it that you pick up the phone and call? When you need to vent, you've got something going on in your life that's not all that pleasant and you need to vent about something, who is it that you pick up the phone and call? When you're walking through something that is difficult in your life and and maybe it's you're walking through the valley and things don't look all that good, you had a bad day, who is it that you pick up the phone and call? to build you up and to pick you up and to help hold you accountable maybe in that situation we need to commit to developing relationships that are good godly and strong ones that will judge us in the correct way ones that will help hold us accountable now let me say this to you the first one on the list if you are married the very first person should be your spouse you need to be willing to sit down and talk with your spouse and share everything with them but beyond that Who else is speaking into your life? All of us need a handful of people, not a bunch of people, because you don't want a bunch of people trying to speak into your life and tell you all these things. You need a handful of people that are mature in their faith, who love you and who want what is best for you, that are willing to speak into your life and you can speak into their life. And you grow in relationship with them, and it makes you better as you move forward in your walk with Christ. Some years ago, you all have heard me talk about a very good friend that I lost some years ago. His name was Carl Lemon. And Carl was the guy, he was old enough to be my dad. But Carl was the one we traveled together, we rode motorcycles together, we did everything together. And he was the one that any time that something good was going on, I'd pick up the phone and call him. Or if something wasn't so good... I'd pick up the phone. He'd hold me accountable in that situation. If there was a problem I was facing, it seemed like he always knew what to do. In the Easter of 2010, we actually got a call and Carl collapsed walking out from behind his desk and, and he passed away. Family was devastated and I remember getting in my vehicle and driving to Lafayette at like two o'clock in the morning and I was talking to Stacey on the phone but she had to go tend to the boys because they were all distraught and upset and got off the phone with her and I needed to call somebody else but you know who I would call in situations like this Carl he was gone you know who I called that night nobody there was nobody else that really I had invested in relationship with and committed at that point in relationship to growing together and so I made a decision that week I said you know what I'm not just going to have one person in my life that can speak into my life and I can speak into them I'm going to have a small handful of guys and and honestly there's probably about five different guys that I've grown in a relationship with over about the last 10 to 12 years that they are there to judge me correctly I'm there to judge them correctly and we grow together and it takes commitment in fact Proverbs puts it this way: It says in chapter twenty-two, verse seventeen, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." You know, we're called to make each other better. Everybody say better. And I'm going to tell you something: One of the greatest places that you can begin to develop those relationships is in, is in life groups. If you have not joined a life group, if you have not joined the Serve Team, they are there to help you be better, to help you grow. And so, I encourage you: Go on the website, take the journey and And find a life group to get plugged into and begin to develop those great relationships with other believers. Join the serve team. Come tonight for uh, step one of the growth track and you can join the serve team. and Begin to develop great relationships with other believers all around you. Because it's important to have people in your life that will judge you correctly. Because hear me on this. You will have people who will judge you incorrectly in this world There are a lot of people in this world who do not love you. They don't care about you. They don't care if they hurt your feelings or they hurt your family. So you better have somebody in your life who loves you and cares about you. And listen to this. Give permission to somebody who loves you and cares about you to judge you correctly so that when somebody who doesn't love you or care about you judges you incorrectly, it won't mess up your life. You will not fall apart because you have somebody speaking into your life and loving you and helping you to be better they're there to help you through those valleys whenever you're going through the difficulties of life but it's going to require commitment the next thing it'll cost you is consistency you can't just allow somebody to speak into your life every now and then hey like we're going to get together like once a year and hang out and it's going to be great no no You need to have a relationship where there is consistency there. You were hanging out and developing that relationship over the course of time. Acts had it together. In the early church, the book of Acts, they said this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. In other words, they had it figured out in the early church. They were busy back then just like we're busy now. But they said, you know what, we need relationship, we need fellowship. So we've got to make sure that we take time and there is consistency there that we are hanging out, we're studying together, we're growing together in the things of God. We are developing relationship with one another. Here's what I want to ask you today. How many of you in this room would say, Pastor Jay, I am really busy. Raise your hand. We're busy. It's it's not a shocker to everybody that we are busy, but are we missing out on the best things that God has for us because of our busyness should we lay some things down that are taking away what God's best is for our life so that we can grow in those relationships and have people grow with us and judge us correctly and here's the last thing I'm going to share with you today we're going to wrap this up land this plane it's going to cost you honesty you got to have somebody that you can be real with you don't want to be a fraud you don't want to be somebody that that says one thing but secretly there's stuff going on in your heart and in your life take the mask off you need to have somebody a small handful of people that you can be honest with you can be real with and here's a great litmus test for that have you ever had the phone ring before and somebody say that they're coming over in a few minutes and the house was a mess Has that ever happened to you before I know Stacey and I've been married 27 years that's happened to us quite a few times and how you respond in that moment shows the depth of the relationship with the person coming over because if somebody calls us hey we'll be over there in just a few minutes we're on our way we're going to drop something off and you jump up and you run around trying to take care of dishes and putting things in their place and picking up shoes and all this stuff and when the doorbell rings you open the door and you're like hey and they're like. Are you okay? And you're, yeah, I'm just excited you're coming over, you know. <laughs> or when the phone rings and that person says they're coming over and there's some dishes in the sink and some homework left on the bar and a couple book sacks here and there from the kiddos and some shoes and maybe the pillows on the couch are a little messed up or some toys scattered here, there, and yonder. Do you just say, well, you know, it's so-and-so, so I'm not going to worry about that. It shows depth in that relationship. That person can see you with your hair down. That's the type of relationships that we need. Those are the type of relationships that we need judging us correctly. People that we can just be ourselves with. Amen? And so we talk about growing. We see that Jesus addressed this because it's something that all of us within the body of Christ need addressed within our lives. Maybe today we have been judgmental towards people in the incorrect way. Or maybe we've been hurt by somebody who judged us in an incorrect way. So Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody in this room to close your eyes just for a moment. We talk about how Jesus in his teaching here was trying to direct towards self-examination. The statement, only God can judge me, you need to know something, only God can judge you for eternity. That God is the supreme judge of all creation. In fact, there is a day called Judgment Day. And only God can judge the eternity for a soul. Maybe there are some of you in this room right now, you have tried to to reconcile your life, get your life right, By trying to be a good person trying to go to church from time to time and do the religion thing and all this kind of stuff but in reality the price for the sins in your life and my life and everybody's life was paid for at the cross Jesus went to the cross so hell would not have to be our future so that we could be forgiven and we could step into relationship with a loving God a loving Heavenly Father and today, as you sit here, maybe you have never taken that step in your life and you recognize your need to embrace Jesus as Lord and Master and Savior of your life. I'd love to pray with you today to help you take that step. There might be some others in this room who would say, "Well, Pastor Jay, I know about relationship with Jesus because I gave my heart to Jesus some time ago. But over time, my heart... It's kind of gotten distant from God. And today, I, I need to set things right. Today, I need to recommit my heart to him. Today, I need to get my heart right with Jesus all over again. And so if that's you today, I want to pray with you. not going to embarrass you. And today, if you would say, Pastor Jay, I, I want to be a part of that prayer because it's time for me to settle this within my life. To give my heart to Jesus for the very first time or to renew my commitment to him and get my heart right with him all over again. Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer today. And so today, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you would say, that's me, I want to know who I'm praying for today. So if you say, that's me, then do me a favor. Raise your hand and let me see it. Is there anybody in this room today? I see you right here. I see you in the back over here. Is there anyone else? I see you right here. God's good and for those of you who raised your hand I'm going to lead you in a prayer this is your prayer right where you are just pray something like this within yourself I want you to pray something like Jesus thank you for the love that you have for me you went to the cross for me and paid the price for my sin today by faith I receive what you did And Jesus, today I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I've messed up. But Today I ask for your forgiveness. And through your precious blood, today make me brand new. Today I surrender to you. I give you everything that I am. And Jesus, I ask you to come and live in my heart. I embrace you today as my Savior. And I make you the Lord and Master of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Every eye still closed. How many of you in this room would be bold enough to say, Pastor Jay, we're talking about incorrect judgment. We're talking about correct judgment. And there are times in my life that I have incorrectly judged somebody. I may have even hurt them. Who in here would be bold enough with every eye closed to say, Today, that's me. Raise your hand. Way up out. Let me see you. Now with every hand, put your hands down who in here would be bold enough to say, Pastor Jay, there are times that I have been judged incorrectly. In fact, I've been hurt before by people judging me. Raise your hand, let me see. Awesome. I want to pray with you today. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody in this room, stand to your feet. Just stand up. And I want to pray over you today. I want you to just kind of take your hands and hold them out like this, like I'm handing you a box. Because today you're going to receive something from the Lord. And let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that is here today. And Jesus, I thank you that through your word you ad- you address the topic of judgment. And today, as we think about incorrect judgment, there's hurt, there's unforgiveness, there's things that are going on within lives and Father today I pray that through you that you would begin to heal hearts minds and spirits and today as you stand here with every eye closed there are ones that you've judged incorrectly and maybe pray something like this Father I ask you to forgive me I repent for judging whoever for whatever you know what it is and Lord I just give that over to you Father I thank you today for forgiveness as we repent for stuff and turn it over to you that Father your forgiveness washes through our heart and through our life and Father may the words that we speak bring healing to people I pray for for reconciliation within relationships Lord God I pray that Father as we begin to, to walk in a way that is encouraging and life giving to people And Father, people are drawn to us instead of being repelled by us. And today there's ones in this room who have been hurt by people judging you incorrectly. And maybe you need to forgive somebody for what they did to you. And maybe pray something like this, Father, I forgive whoever that might be for what they said about me, what they did to me, how they judged me in this situation. And Father, today we just turn that over to you. And I thank you for your healing touch flowing through people's hearts, their minds, their spirits. And fathers, we forgive and give things over to you, Lord God. It brings freedom into all of our lives. And father, we thank you for this. We praise you for this. And I ask today for great godly relationships being formed within people's lives so that we can judge correctly. We can hold one another accountable within the body of Christ. We love you today and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? God's good. Now, before anybody leaves, I want to ask you to do something for me. If you raised your hand to give your heart to Christ today or to reconnect with the Lord, take out a connect card, fill it out, and check off the box that says, Today I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'm going to invite some of our prayer team. They're going to be gathered here in the front. You can do one or two things with that card. You can bring it to one of our prayer team, which is what I'd rather you do. uh, Because they're going to talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. Or you can drop it at the Welcome Center. And church family, if you need prayer for anything at all, come and let our prayer team pray with you and encourage you. Don't forget tonight, step one, five o'clock. And as we leave out here today, don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.